Hello, welcome to Thoughts on Thoughts, a podcast where you, our listeners, can become part of a conversation with us. We are three therapists who are going to talk about the good, the hard, and all the in-betweens of life. Come join us. All right, guys, welcome to Thoughts on Thoughts. This is Jessica. This is KJ. This is Taylor. All right, so today we are talking about setting boundaries with your family. We've gotten lots of questions about this, pretty specific questions like, my mom did this, how do I set a boundary? You know, because families are so difficult. We want to have them be perfect and happy all the time, but they aren't. People are people And so people will always need to be treated with respect, but that means we need to treat ourselves with respect too. And so sometimes that means setting a hard boundary with someone in our family. Doesn't mean we don't love them. It doesn't mean we don't care about them. It just means that behavior needs to shift. So we're going to talk about some of the best ways to do that while preserving the relationship in the best way. Awesome. And I think why this has been a frequent question is because I think when it comes to setting boundaries with family members, it's just a little more complex. And people, I think, maybe assume that there's differences in how you set boundaries when really it's all the same principles. But we're going to talk about some of those complexities that come with it being family members and how you can maybe shift some things with kind of the basic boundary setting skills that we've talked about in previous episodes to just help you out with it because it is tough. I mean, if you're setting boundaries with, you know, coworkers or friends, like those are relationships that can be, I don't know, temporary like in the grand to say scheme expendable, of things. but that's like so depressing. <laughs> yeah. Like all of your friendships are You're expendable except yeah. your family. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not true. <laughs> but family members, you know, you're kind of stuck with them, except in like very extreme cases where, you know, the boundary is we never interact. But I would say that's more extreme and not the norm. If you want to know about our basic boundary setting skills, go listen to episode 19, Boundaries 101. It is just what it says it is. It's the 101 on setting boundaries. Is that what you say? It's the 411 on setting oh, boundaries. Yeah. That's what you're supposed to say. <laughs> wow. I like both of it. Way but those are that. your very basic skills. And now we're going to talk about how to do it in those complex relationships that you can't really get out of because you're blood. so i think we all if you've listened to our boundaries 101 episode you'll remember that boundaries are an important piece to mental health so and i think just healthy relationships in general so Without boundaries, there's not really an understanding in a relationship of what you're allowing and what's expected, and people can be just confused about how they should be acting in a relationship. And so kind of the, 
example I want to refer back to throughout this episode is Everybody Loves Raymond, that family <laughs> dynamic, right? So uh, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. But you have Raymond and his wife and their kids live in one house, but they live like next door to Raymond's parents. And I think his brother for some of it lives with the parents and they're just constantly coming over unannounced, constantly just showing up, kind of wreaking havoc, overstepping into Raymond's marriage and his parenting. And <laughs> it's just kind of a cluster. So <laughs> that is kind of what I'm basing these thoughts around. So I think a big mistake is to just view boundaries as being a big wall, like a fortress, like just you've built this huge stone wall with this big moat around you. When really, I think you can view it more like a sliding door where, you know, it's, it's implemented when necessary. And as things maybe shift in your relationship, you can move things a little bit. And it doesn't need to be this whole, I'm setting this boundary and I'm isolating myself from you. There can be a lot of smaller boundaries that you set along the way to prevent you having to build that giant moat around you. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing that can help in creating more of that sliding glass door is to just be very specific in your boundary setting. So if you're telling, say you have... um your mom, who lives next door, we'll use Raymond's example. Your mom lives next door and she's always showing up unannounced. And you just say, mom, I need space. That is super vague. Mom, And she's going to take it the wrong way. Yeah. Guaranteed. To you, it makes a lot of sense. But yeah. to her, you're like, like mom, I need some space. And then she's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my child. And she's they're like, never going to talk to me again. Forever? <laughs> what, yes. do, what did I do wrong as a parent? And then you're going to get the like where oh, she yeah. pushes it back onto you. So you think I'm a bad mom? And you're like, mm -hmm. this was not the conversation I wanted to have today. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because... I need space. Space could be physical, like I need you to not come over to my home or personal, like I need you to stop asking me very digging and personal questions or emotional, like I just need to have less intimacy with you. I need you to stop poking around in my emotions with your mom in this example, you need to be very specific. So say your mom's constantly coming over unannounced and that really bugs you. You could say something like, mom, I love when you come over, but I really need you to call first and ask me if it's okay. If you don't do that, there are probably going to be times when I just don't answer the door because I have everything else going on. In that way, you're being very specific about what you are expecting your mom to do and what she can expect you to do in return if she's not accepting of your boundary. 
Yeah. And if she does, if she pushes back, it's a great time to use those communication skills of, I feel so that it's about you. It's not about her. So it might be, I feel uncomfortable when I don't know when you're coming over, but I feel really great when you just give me a call. I want to see you. I just want to know when it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And that's going to take her off of the defensive again of you think I'm a bad mother. You don't want me to come mm-hmm. over. And it immediately will put her at rest like, okay, because boundaries are created so that you can have a good relationship with yeah. people, not so that you can push them away. Mm-hmm. If you're just creating boundaries to push people away, you're not doing them the right way because you're just using it as an excuse for your avoidant attachment, <laughs> which is not a boundary. That's just pushing someone away. So. Yeah remind people of that by using those I feel statements. And it also makes a lot of sense that boundaries are hard with our families. Like I can, I don't know, I can kind of see maybe some of our listeners like really liking these ideas, but feeling nervous about implementing them with their family members. So just know that that those feelings are natural because they are our families and we love them so much. And boundaries are complex with families because we have shifted our bound. Like let's use the, the mother daughter example. Our boundaries have shifted through time in that relationship so much. Like in the very beginning, there are no boundaries. No like boundaries. you're a baby, like you're nursing. Like You guys are in every single aspect of your life. You're together. There's no boundary whatsoever. And then you grow out of that and you become a little bit older and boundaries start to shift. Boundaries shift again, teenagehood, early adulthood. And then all of a sudden you get married and you have a husband and that's a different boundary shift. What type of relationship do we have now? Then you have children. So it makes sense that it's, difficult with all of those shifts, but it's very, very needed. It's needed to keep updating and changing our boundaries so that we can have the healthiest relationship possible in each of those phases of our lives. Exactly. Yeah. So keep it a sliding glass door, like Mm -hmm. KJ said. Be willing to open the door as needed, shut the door as needed, but it's always there. You can always be in communication and figuring it out. And the more that you start setting boundaries and keep doing it, your family is going to respond really well because they're going to see that you're not just like disappearing. Like I set Mm -hmm. this boundary and then we never talk. They're going to see, oh, she set this boundary. And when I follow it, we have a great relationship. Mm -hmm. And so let's keep doing that. And it gets easier over time. Mm -hmm. Yes. Going along with that, what Taylor said about how setting boundaries with family can be really difficult. I think in this example of, you know, telling your mom, hey, I'm going to need you to call first. And if she shows up unannounced, you have to do the work within yourself to be okay with not opening the door. If yeah. it's, you know, helping you keep that boundary with her. And that is really tough. But doing some of that emotional work yourself of, okay, I'm setting this boundary and I'm going to follow through because ultimately our relationship is going to be healthier for it. Mm -hmm. I can just see this like dramatic moment of someone either laying in bed, like totally still and being like, let's pretend like I'm not here or someone yelling through the door, like mom, I'm not opening the door because I told you, you needed to call first. And the mom being like, I don't care. And you're like, I will not open this door. So I can just see it being like very different. Or like, I called you 10 times and you didn't answer. I wanted to come by and see if you were dead. (laughs) You're like, yeah, it's so great. Yeah, for (laughs) sure. Easier said than done. Yeah. 
So let's talk for a second about in-laws, because I think this is where things can get even more complex, because you have your own parents who you've been setting boundaries with probably here and there your whole life, but then you get a second set of parents, and that can can cause some tension or friction and it's hard to know who deals with what. Is it okay, I I hand that over to my spouse to be the one setting boundaries with them or do I need to share in that responsibility and it's a little hard to know what your role is. So what do you guys think? Most often it should be the direct child's responsibility to address things. If things go wrong and boundaries need to be set, it is easier if it comes from the child. But ideally, if you could do it together as a couple, that would be most ideal. Like sitting down and being like, hey, Elliot's parents, here's a boundary that we want to set. How do you guys feel about that? okay, you can respect it. Great. Thank you. Let's move on with our life. Mm -hmm. Ideally, it would happen that way. I do think that there is some cause for concern when if I'm the daughter-in-law and I'm constantly making boundaries with my parents-in-law, if I'm doing it the right way, I don't think there's any problem, but it's just so hard to do it the right way without offending them. And they're not going to feel comfortable saying things back to me, at least while you're new in the family. Yeah. Well, cause you don't have that foundation of years yeah. and years and years There's of being no their trust, child. You know, yeah, yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. After like time, if you, you know, you've been in the family for 20 years, you have a relationship and you have that trust, you can set a boundary. But when you're just brand new married, like refer to the child of the parent, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think this can get very complicated from, you know, friends I've had who have lived with their in-laws or lived with their parents again as uh, newlyweds or just young couples with young kids, you know, for financial reasons or it makes sense to live with their parents for a few months. And that is a situation that I think can be the cause for a lot of needed boundary setting from the parents as well as from the kids probably uh it's it brings a lot of situations like okay we're living in our parents home again but we have a spouse now and is the fridge free reign is it like when i lived here as a teenager do i get to just do whatever i want do i need to be cleaning up my mess and then for for the the couple uh, how involved are the parents in in parenting their grandkids or in the couple's marriage? And it can cause a lot of interesting situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just think if you're going to be in that situation, it is probably important maybe to have a conversation before you move in. Mm-hmm. Or if mm-hmm. you didn't do that, uh, and you do it see, now. yeah, you see that there's some issues like sit down together and hash things out. I think it seems really scary in the moment, but I mean, if the parents are opening up their home to you, 
Like there's, yeah, there's they, love yeah. there and there's understanding there and yeah, it yeah. can be, it can well, be. It's all, and it's all in the way that you talk about it. You know, it's like, Hey, you know, we really want this to be a good experience for everybody. And we're so grateful that you guys are letting us live here. So can you just explain just what your expectations of us are here so mm-hmm. that we understand and you understand and that this can be a positive experience. And, like, right. and yeah, then say, and then here's our expectation for you. Yes. You yeah. know, you've been just coming down to our space willy nilly, but maybe mm-hmm. that's not appropriate, you know, mm-hmm. and it's easy to have that conversation, especially when you're doing that give and take Yeah. or, Hey, how do you feel about this? Mm-hmm. You know, and it all, it's just all about opening up that conversation and opening up that dialogue because it's really, it makes you really nervous when you're anticipating it. But then when you started it and then you need to revisit it, it's not as scary anymore because it's started and it's beca- it becomes more and more comfortable every time you do it. Mm-hmm. And this could be a bit of a tangent, but I do think it's something that I have seen is when you have a parent-child relationship that maybe is a little enmeshed or they're just very, very close. There, There is a difference, but some really good marriage advice I got before I was even like dating my husband or knew him was if you have an issue with your spouse, talk through it with your spouse. Don't talk about it with a close family member like your mom or your dad because family members hold on to grudges potentially longer than you would, right? So you they're could loyal be, to the blood. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> you could be in this fight and with your spouse and then if you're venting to your mom, maybe your mom holds on to that and you've gotten over it and you're through it. Um And I think that can be different for everybody, and it just depends on the relationship. Um, But, like, if you kind of already have that close relationship with your parents where you're in constant communication, maybe they're not the best ones to be processing about in regards to issues with your spouse, because then you're creating quite a rift between you and your spouse it's in, it's taking that conversation away from you two and having it with somebody else who is very close with you both. Yeah. But don't be afraid to have conversations with like parents and stuff about spousal things. Cause I think that that advice is given with well-meaning, but it often serves to isolate people in abusive relationships. Right. Yes. Because yeah. I'm not supposed to say anything negative about my spouse, but Go to people in your family for support, not just to criticize, Mm -hmm. you know. So if I say, hey, mom, Elliot did this and I really need some help on how to address it, that's fine. But if I say, oh, my gosh, Elliot did this, this and this and I can't handle him and whatever. Yeah, my mom's definitely going to get a bad taste in her mouth. Mm -hmm. But it really that's something that you have to be careful with just because people take it as black and white. And when people are in abusive relationships they often are like, I can't say anything about this to anyone. So be careful of that. If you feel like something is going on, say something and probe people to be like, is this normal? That's really fine. And you can always talk to a therapist. Yeah, it's definitely just having those boundaries with yourself and in your relationships where it's, okay, am I just sharing all of my intimate stuff about my spouse with other people? Or am I kind of navigating that appropriately 
where mm-hmm. I'm working out the stuff that makes sense too with just my spouse. And then I'm seeking outside assistance to process some things that are difficult. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is where this can happen a lot in parent child relationships where the parent will confide more than is appropriate with the child. And that's a good opportunity for a child to set a boundary. So, Hey mom, I really don't think you should be talking to me about dad's problems with money. You know, I would appreciate it if you could find a peer to talk to about that because I'm not really the person I need to focus on my relationship with dad as it is rather than trying to fix your relationship with him. You know, that kind of a thing because parents will often confide inappropriately in their children. Mm-hmm. And so big thing with divorce too. Yes. Yeah. yeah let's oh, get them so on my tricky. side. Yeah. Yep. And I work with teens where they have to set a lot of boundaries with parents of, Hey, when we're on this, call together, we're visiting each other, we're not going to bash the other parent the whole time. That's Mm -hmm. not what our relationship's based on. So a lot of those boundaries that are just very specific to your family dynamic and I guess how close you are to certain people in your family and how you work through issues, but it's definitely individual decisions that you'll make for yourself and what's healthy for you. Just to give you a few tools of how to set boundaries, try using verbs that are more definite when you communicate. So this is a problem I have where I sugarcoat things because I am a people pleaser. And so I'll set boundaries, but I'll use things like, I want to do that, but I don't think I can. If you could, yeah, Yeah, like if you could just like call us before you come over, that would be so helpful. But like, if you really need to come, that's okay. Just come over. I mean, that's not a big deal. But like, if you could call, that would be great. It's a very ambiguous. Mm -hmm. They're going to find a way through that. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Be clear. I need you to call before you come over. Mm -hmm. So using, using words like will, like I will need you to do this, or I will be going to do this. I want you to do this before you come over. I'm choosing to do this because I think it's important. Like words like that that are uh, just more definite. And then Mm -hmm. I think also using I feel statements. Like for this example, we've been using, I feel anxious when you come over unannounced, and it would help me a lot if you would call first. Okay, so some takeaways just to finish up. The first one would be maybe do some assessing of your relationships and see if there's one where boundaries are needed and that they need to be set and start setting boundaries and practicing setting boundaries with that individual. And if there isn't one in your family that comes to mind, you can always be practicing with your spouse because you interact with them a lot or be practicing with your friends if you don't have a spouse. Um, and hopefully it can just come more naturally as time goes on. And then the second 
takeaway is to just be practicing those I feel statements and using verbiage that's more definite, not sugarcoating things. It's a very difficult thing to just tell somebody no and not try to sugarcoat that um, or even just put um, sugarcoated statements in your I feel uh, sentences. So mm-hmm. be practicing doing those things. And I think with time, they just become easier and easier. So if you have more questions, shoot us an email and we will get back to you with some ideas. Thanks for listening. Bye. See you. See ya. Thanks for joining us today. We want to create a community of inclusion where we can have conversations about topics that you need help with or have questions about. We want you to have a voice in this process, so please let us know what you want to hear about on future episodes. You can email us at thoughtspod at gmail.com, and if you search thoughtspod, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All original music is composed by Milan Vrijic from Valley of the Bears, and our logos are by Rick Thomas. Thanks for joining us.